Welcome to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. On today's show, our life with the invisible. I'm producer Erin Warhol, and I'm here with author and spiritual teacher Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mary. So we had a really fun conversation about ghosts and ghost stories. Because we were talking about storytelling and because we're approaching Halloween as we uh, we are recording this one, we're, we're entering into October and... And it's the time of year that uh, people think more about ghosts and the spirit world. Mm. So when you say our life with the invisible, give me a sense of what you're referring to. Well, I think that, uh, just to put it bluntly, there is this world that we see and there's the world that we don't see. There's this earth that we are traveling uh, as a man or a woman of a certain age with certain people and duties and jobs and experiences. And there's our soul, which has come from the spirit world, Mm. an invisible world, the spirit world. Um, You could say that um, we are in relationship with people we know and, and recognize and people that are, are subtly guiding us and with us. And we're also in relationship with um, other beings that are related to the earth, related to nature. And uh, people sometimes have kind of a, we could say it's a mystical encounter mm-hmm. with an animal. Oh, yeah. Or uh, some kind of feeling in the woods or a special, uh, you know, sense of, of a lovey, loving spirit near a waterfall that mm-hmm. you know, we feel like something gracious is is connecting with us. So, um, in other cultures and other times, and in earth-based cultures, indigenous cultures, the spirit world is right next to and woven in and throughout the mm. physical world. Yeah. And so it would be uh, traditional for um, certain um, uh, rites of passage, you know, in the Lakota, to go on a vision quest and ask for a sign, ask for uh, a real understanding of my purpose here. And very often that sign would be brought by an animal or a bird. Really? Yes. That they would be messengers from spirit. So um, this is something that is part and parcel of um, older cultures and less so in our culture. Although I would say people who are very, very close to nature will probably have a few stories to tell you if you ask them long enough about you know, that that quietly weird and wonderful spiritual experience they had um, when they were on retreat in the woods or something where they really felt like they were in conversation with something from the other side. Well, and I love how you've, you're framing this when we say our life with the invisible. There's what we see and can touch and feel, and then there's this other mystery, but it has an impact on us. And we, we need to acknowledge it's some part of, part of our It's part of our life, yeah. And um, there's a wonderful uh, book that uh, I think says this the best, and it's called Journey of Souls mm. by Dr. Michael Newton, who started out as an atheist and an unbeliever and a, a skeptic, and he didn't uh-huh. want to know anything about anything woo-woo or weird. He was, <laughs> he was a hypnotherapist trying to help people quit smoking and lose weight. Yeah. But he kept stumbling into people that were going back into past lives. Yeah. And so reluctantly, he had to <laughs> acknowledge that reincarnation seems to be a real thing. And then he had a few clients that were able to describe very clearly for him in, while they were in a deep trance state the space that, that we come from before we're born, where we are in this um, spirit world, this subtle place, and you could think of it as heaven, only it's just not like a, 
a final heaven. It's you go back to heaven and you review your life and you figure out what you learned and, and, and then you plan your next one and you come back into earth. And there's this kind of ebb and flow between earth and spirit that happens. And he describes it really beautifully. And I especially like that he describes it as someone who came reluctantly to believe in all this yeah. stuff. But, <laughs> but the transcripts he has in his book of people reporting from a deep state what the spirit world is like was very, uh, to me it was very confirming because when I was working as a psychic and doing readings for people, I would do maybe four readings a week. And I would feel each time like the veil was lifted uh-huh. and how what we normally see and I would see how things tick and how they work and how this spirit to earth and back kind of thing happens and how life purposes are and uh, past lives and uh, guides and helpers and spirit all that stuff became clear to me over that 12 years when I was doing readings and then when I read his book I'm like I know I know I know (laughs) I know that's how I I believe that too that's how it works so I find that a really useful book but um I think, and again, as we talked last week, this is this is not scary. Mm-hmm. It is really, and it, and it helps if you are willing to sign up to a way of thinking, which I call the benevolent universe. Yeah, sign up to the benevolent <laughs> universe. Subscribe to it today, Erin. Just put your subscription I, I, I will, I in, do. and all yeah. your experiences can be can be filtered through that frame. Where, well, gee, well, this was hard, but it's good. It's benevolent. Right. Well, this had some pain involved, but it was good. It, yeah. You know, ultimately, this is the best thing that happened that could have happened, even yeah. though I didn't see it coming or whatever. So, the benevolent universe is a great way to hold all of this, and um, I find it comforting to. Uh, think that the um, you know our parents, our grandparents, our uh, godmothers mm-hmm. will come back you know in a moment, one time, and and say a few words to us and, yeah. and bless us. Yeah, yeah. And in in um, in the Mexican culture, you have the Day of the Dead coming up. Mm-hmm. That's right around Halloween. In the Celtic world, Halloween was called Samhain, and it was considered the time where the spirit world was was right next to us, was the veil between our two worlds was the thinnest. So this mm-hmm. is why we have all this, you know, stuff around death and only and, and our, you know, commercial culture with it, it's gotten kind of warped to be right. spooky, spooky ghosts. But spooky it's ghosts. really just the but spirit world right next to us. Talk a little bit more about this veil and lifting the veil and and what we gain from that and how it shows up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell two stories. Um, one was uh, a healing moment I had with the spirit of my mother. Uh, and this was a few years after she passed, but I had been struggling with some sorrows and mm-hmm. some issues that I'd had in our relationship. And one of them had been that I felt like, oh, man, I, you know, you were so uh, overwhelmed by your situation with having so many children. I felt like I, I was always propping you up instead of you. propping me up, that there was always younger kids that needed more mothering than, you know, the eight-year-old did or whatever. So I had some sorrows about that and some resentments, and I've been trying to process them and get get over them. But I was giving a workshop uh, a few years after she passed on Mother's Day. Mm. And when I teach my workshop, there's a lot of spiritual presence too, a lot of yeah. a lot of light in the room, and a lot of helpers that I I can't really tell you who they are, but I feel like <laughs> there's helpers and there's some angels there and yeah. whatever. But while I was leading the group through this exercise, I became aware of now don't get scared okay. of of a hand on my back, 
Really? I mean, like a physical hand on my back, and it was gently, soothingly stroking my back, like from top to bottom of of my spine. And it, it, I, you know, I, I, I knew nobody was standing there, but right. but I felt my mother's presence. I felt what I associate with her caring heart, this caring yeah. heart, this hand on my back smoothing me. And I heard a voice and it said, I want to thank you for being my backbone. Mm. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what it was. That's what it was. You said it. I was your backbone. Wow. In so many times in our life together, I didn't feel like you were my backbone. I was your backbone. Yeah. And I had in the same sense the... The feeling that I, that this was an agreement, yeah. that I had agreed to be her back. That you journeyed together yeah. in this Yeah, I can tell you so many moments in our lives where I was standing at her back, almost with my hand on her back, while she was confronting yeah. things that were scary or hard or yeah. overwhelming. It happened again and again. And so there, in my, the middle of this workshop, when there's just a lot of spiritual energy in the room, and I'm a little bit altered anyway, <laughs> I could feel this hand on my back and these words in my ear, thank you for being my backbone. It gave me such peace. Yeah. I have been at such peace with our story ever since because it put it in the right frame. Yeah, it, it shifted the perspective of it. Instead, you could you could hold on to resentment, like, why what, why did I have to be your backbone? Well, what about this time and this time and that yeah. time and that time? I wish to... It's it amazing. Just, it just settled into, like, oh, you know, that yes, was the deal, this. and yes. I love you, and you love mm. me, and you're thanking me, and that's nice for me yeah. that you're oh, thanking that's so cool, me, Mary. and that you're giving me the word for it. It, yeah. like, it took all those stories into one word that I was her backbone, and that on some level we agreed to that. And I, I had such peace with that. And then um, <laughs> the year that my um, dad passed away, I was all about, on, when Halloween came around, I thought, you know, I want to talk to my dad. Oh, yeah. I wanna, yeah. <laughs> the, spirit, the, the veil is thin. I want to sit down with my couple of girlfriends on Halloween and, and, you know, pray and ask my dad's spirit to come and talk to me. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? It was kind of funny because it was, this again, it was so typical of the real nature of the people you're dealing with. He, I felt his spirit really kind of like on the other side of this veil talking to me, but he was a little bit um, hasty and distracted because he was busy. He was busy. <laughs> he was busy. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, I, I wanted to, you know, it's Halloween and the veil and the ancestors. I want to just, you know, connect with each other. He's like, well, I, you know, I was in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> You know, this, we have so many meetings over here. You know, I've been very busy. I'm, 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 you know, there are so much to do. There's so many meetings. And he was like that when he was alive. He went to three AA meetings a week. Yeah. And he was, you know, he had all these sponsors. I mean, mm-hmm. sponsees. He would, you mm-hmm. know, meet for coffee, take for walks, <laughs> young men that didn't have fathers that could t- they could talk to. And he was always very busy with his AA work. Well, I felt like the same dealio was going on on the other side. It was familiar. With all these, you know, groups of spirits over there processing things and my dad was he was kind of busy so i'm like okay well bye carry on (laughs) well this all feels really natural mary just hearing you talk about speaking with spirits and speaking with the departed mother and father (laughs) yeah yeah it's their ghost stories but they're they're loving stories and i know there are many many loving ghost stories Mm. around Great. Well, in addition to being a psychic who can talk with spirits, Mary Hayes Greco is also a spiritual teacher, forgiveness expert, and an author. Mm -hmm. You have two books, and a lot of stories that 
are written in your your book, the uh, the New Kitchen Mystic, a companion for spiritual explorers. Yes, the New Kitchen Mystic was uh, such a gift for me to get to write because it gave me a way of saying who I am yeah. and how I experience the world without saying psychic. Yeah. Because when you say psychic, you you know you, you often lose half the room. <laughs> but if you say mystic, they don't have to like yeah. run away. They go, oh what? Or they go, oh. So so the new kitchen mystic is a collection of essays that are really speaking about my you know my life in dialogue with the universe. You know mm. how the, these magical things are happening all of the time in daily yeah. life. Yeah. It so is. there's stories in there, and there's some philosophy and how to how to kind of. It's things. a great book. I've read Thank it a couple you. of times. I'm told it's a perennial. That it's people a perennial. Keep it around yeah. and mark it up with yellow yeah. highlighter and and. Gets tattered and battered, just like I hoped. I would say so. Your other book is called Unconditional Forgiveness, a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. And this is also a wonderful book, and it's a how-to. It's how to learn how to forgive. It's the user-friendly guide to an eight-step method of how you forgive other people and situations, and also how you forgive yourself. And I would say it's my life work, and I'm so pleased to have been able to synthesize a good 25 years' worth of work workshops and yeah. uh, sessions with people around forgiveness into this book. So yeah. I hope everyone gets it and gives it to their friend who is suffering too long. Yes, excellent. It's on my website, maryhaysgreco.com or forgivenesstraining.com. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, we're going to go more into the world of the invisible. Our life with the spirit world. Yes. yes. First, yes. I do want to acknowledge our sponsor to this podcast, our sponsors, This podcast is brought to you by Unconditional Love. It is there for you, it's in abundant supply, and it wants you to thrive. Mm -hmm. And it's invisible. It is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's informing everything that's good in our lives. And our other sponsor is the new definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is to release an expectation that is causing me to suffer. Great. Okay. So back to our life with the invisible. You had mentioned, in addition to the spirit world, there's also nature and animal spirits. The spirit world of nature, yeah. So let's talk about that, because I've had a number of lovely, lovely encounters with spirits that are related to um, my land. Mm. And I know that you know there's so many places in the earth that are special. Yeah. And you go there, and you feel like there's just an, a special awakeness or presence you know, maybe there's beings mm-hmm. there. Maybe there's angels there. Maybe there's ancestors. Like when my um, friend went to uh, Greece and she went to visit um, the mount where the Delphic or- oracle used to mm-hmm. give oh, prophecies, yeah. she said it was such an amazing place energetically. She said yeah. she just felt like, well, that's all still here. Never mind that it's a ruin, you know, yeah. and that there aren't active priestesses and ceremonies and whatever going on on this on this hill in Greece. The energy, the beings, the wisdom, the channel station to the universe is alive and well on this hilltop. And she felt so um, nourished and energized and inspired by it. And she cool. felt like it's because there's there's things here. The mm. invisible is here. It's still, this is still a holy spot. There's still wisdom that you can access here. So so that's an example of a special place. But I've been, um, oh, and one other special place people tell me about all the time is Sedona in Arizona with, oh, the, yeah. with the red rocks. I mean, people are always telling me how special it is. And, yeah. I know, haven't been there, but I, I, haven't I have it either. on my list. I haven't either. It's on my list of, of yeah. yes, earth, earth uh, 
um, inspirational places to visit. But, but I've been blessed to have been led uh, 20 years ago to my 40 acres in the woods in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which are pristine, and they're near the St. Croix River, and oh. there, there's a lot of wild uh, land around there. And from the moment... I heard about this land until this minute today, 20 years later, it's been imbued with spiritual experiences. Really? Yeah, it's just been special. So, for instance, when when we got led to the land and we realized, wow, we've got to have this place, I can feel, I could feel a deep purity and awakeness and spiritual connection in this land. I, and so we just moved heaven and earth to buy it. Right. And... Three days after we bought it, the man who sold it to us died, mm. and he died because he was done. He and was done. <laughs> he was done, and and his land was his, you know, best thing. And he was he had had some illnesses; he couldn't be there anymore. So, we were the only ones at his funeral uh, that weren't family. But I had an experience at the end of his funeral where I felt like my husband and I were standing on the front doorstep with a couple of his family members, and this humongous monarch butterfly flew out. I don't know how they did it, but it's, it's almost like it came out of the house behind us. Mm. I don't know where it came from, but it was huge. It was like almost as big as a bird. This big wow. monarch came, flew between my head and Fred's head and went flapping off towards the sunset. It was oh. twilight, flapping off with this vigor and this focus and this direction <laughs> and this energy that I knew was the man who had just died. Wow. I said, oh, Fred, that was Dick. That was Dick. <laughs> the butterfly was Dick. He's going. He's he's out. He's like, peace out. I'm yeah. gone. I'm heading to the horizon. Because he was very... Uh, a strong, you know, fiery, impetuous, uh, focused person. And he, butterflies, you know, they usually kind of la, la, la. They're they're like, you know, kind of uh, fluttering around and and exploring here and there. He was like, whoop. Flaps up. So I felt like, flaps up, yeah. I felt like that butterfly was a spirit um, message from Dick saying, thanks, peace out, I'm going. Yeah. And the week after that, I um, I was home uh, and Fred was in the land, and uh, we were in touch with each other. But I had this dream where Fred was walking around the land with a wheelbarrow and a bucket and a tool belt, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was going around to these different spots in the 40 acres, and he was finding things that had been left there, you know, oh. like a bird feeder that needed to be reattached, or, oh. you know, a tool that was left out near the garden, or, you know, um, this is a place where the deer used to be fed. He found all these places. And in my dream, Fred was gently going around with this monarch butterfly resting on his oh, forehead. Wow. Just gently resting and softly, <laughs> you know, moving its wings every now and then. And I talked to Fred and I said, I had this dream about you, Fred, that you were going around in the land and you were discovering yeah. things, you know, from Dick. And he said, well, you know, I have been. I've been just been standing somewhere, and I suddenly feel like something's telling me to walk off over there and look under that tree. And I go there, and I find a tarp. Oh, wow. And then I I roll it up, and I bring it to the house to clean it, and I suddenly feel like I should do this, and I find... Oh, he was fixing this thing and I didn't finish it. And here's the, yeah. the tool still. So he said, "Yeah, I feel like like the spirit of Dick, who just passed, has been leading me around." He had a honeydew list for him. Yes, he did <laughs> because he was pa- he cared about the land. Yeah. He knew we were going to care about it, and he passed it on to us. So that was our, our first um, spirit experience there. The next one was 
we had this dog at that time, this wonderful dog named Jack. And Jack was a city dog, and whenever he got out of the gate and went off in the city, he got hopelessly lost and almost hit by cars, oh. and he was just wasn't very good at being a roaming dog. When we got off to the land, it's 40 acres here, and then there's like 160 acres of woods all around us. I'm thinking, this dog is going to get lost. Oh. How is this dog going to know his way around? Yeah. And oddly... Jack would just disappear. He would disappear for three hours, wow. and then he'd come back. And I'm thinking, wow, Jack, good dog. How are you? How are you figuring that out? Because you always get lost in the city. <laughs> we have to go, always go find you, and so, or someone calls and you know, from yeah. the house and says your dog's here. You know, how are you not getting lost in this big, big space? And I, it was kind of a mystery. But then, and, and and actually, somebody told me they saw his his paw prints like way <laughs> far away on this hill. I saw your dog, and I think it was Jack. Really? So then one day. I was standing, and I was kind of calm and relaxed and open, and I was just staring out the window. And my husband and my daughter and her friend and Jack were going to go to the little guest cabin across the field and check on it. So I was just, like, staring out there, and I was going, oh, that's so sweet. There's Fred and Tara and Alethea and Jack and the white wolf. And they're going, (laughs) and I said, the white wolf? I had clearly seen before I realized I had seen it, a beautiful white wolf, a little bit transparent, trotting along next wow. to Jack, the dog. And Ooh. I said, right, she got chills, it's true. I said, oh, that's how you're not getting lost. You have a friend. You have a the white, white wolf, wolf friend. I saw it a few other times with Jack. For a second, when you see spirit things, if you can see them, you see them out of the corner of your eye, and then you go, did I just see that? Yeah. And then you look at it directly, and you don't see it. But right. So that assured me, and I completely relaxed, and Jack was there for years, and he never got lost because he had the white wolf. Amazing. <laughs> right, and the white wolf. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the next thing that happened. And then um, the other thing... That happened to two other people that were not me. Uh, so that makes yeah. the, this enhances the legitimacy of this whole spirit <laughs> thing. Is uh, a friend of mine was out on one of our little trails and she came back with her eyes as big as saucers and she said, There's, there's a spirit of a bear oh. in your woods. I said, Really? She said, Yeah. It really scared me, but it didn't hurt me. I was. I, well, this is weird. This has never happened. I don't know. I, I was on this trail, and <laughs> off to the left, ahead of me, I could hear a really large animal coming through the brush. And I could hear it snort oh. once. And I stopped, and then my hair was standing up, yeah. and I was really scared, and I was just stock still. But then I heard it keep walking, and then it walked right across the trail in front of me, but I couldn't see it. Oh, she said. But I could hear it walking, like about six feet in front of me, like as if you could hear an animal walking right in front of you. Oh my goodness! And it went into the woods on the other side, and I could hear it cr- tromping off and snorting into the other <laughs> into the woods on the other side. And then I ran home. Yeah. <laughs> then I ran home to tell you because oh my god, I I just heard and felt a spirit, but it was a bear, and I uh, I'm like wow, that's interesting. But then. About six months later, someone else on the same part of the path came back with their hair standing up <laughs> saying, there's a, a spirit of a bear oh. 
in your woods. I, I heard it. I didn't see it, but I heard it. I said, really? Where? They described the same. It's a corner. It's like where the trail bends. Wow. They described the same place. They described the same thing. I heard it crashing and, and snorting, and I stood stock still because I wasn't sure what to do. And then it crossed the path in front of me, and it went in. So they described the same spirit phenomenon. Wow. Right? Yeah. I know. So... When so I go what do to my do land, I say hello to it. <laughs> I say hello. When I get out of my car in my 40 acres, I stop and I look across all my fields and the trees that are standing there shining. And I say, hello, everybody. I'm here. And I say, hello, blessings, blessings on the spirit bear. Hell, blessings on the white wolf, blessings on the little nature spirits. Hello, blessings on the trees and the ticks. <laughs> Blessings to the tick people. Please don't bite me. Please, please, I offer you many blessings to your people, but please stay away from my people, ticks. And I, I acknowledge the birds and the mammals and the plants, yeah. and I just say hello to everything. Oh, and cool. I imagine it's just a great big circle around my 40 acres. That's my realm, yeah. and that I'm living in harmony with these other realms. And it pleases me immensely. Yeah. And I've, I've had a few more uh, spirit experiences there over the years i've experienced an angel and one little dell in the woods a, an angel mm. kind of floating in purple light this is you know 20 paces after i passed her i went oh oh i saw an angel i saw an angel smiling at me she was hovering about four feet above the ground and there was purple light all around her i just saw that and i went back and i looked and well i couldn't see her she wasn't yeah. They don't they don't stick around for you to stare yeah. at them. But I could see that this particular piece of the woods was special. Yeah. There's kind of a dell and there was kind of a circle of trees and mm. it felt really peaceful and sweet there. And I thought, Oh wow, maybe this is where that angel hangs out. I don't know. It feels yeah. nice in here. And then again, later on, friends of mine went to that same spot in just traveling through, and they were saying, it feels nice in here. It feels oh. really special. But as they sat there, they sat down to meditate in that spot, and they heard chanting and drumming. Really? They heard, uh, like, Tibetan throat yes. uh, chanting. They're really strange, kind of deep, yeah. buzzing kind of stuff, <laughs> and, and a little drum. And there's two people. They're sitting there looking. Do you, do you hear drums? Yes, I hear drums. Do you hear singing? I hear like uh, throat ch throat chanting. Yeah, I do too. We're really hearing that. Oh, we really are. Okay, because one of them was um, um, study, attending, you know, Buddhist things in yeah. which that kind of chanting was happening. So they just sat there and and dug it, you know. Yeah. And then they came back and said, "Well, you know, there's a special place and there's chanting and drumming there." And I asked where it was, and it was the same place that I had seen an Amazing. angel. I know, I know. So I love this. I think this is just great that there's this interface between the beautiful natural world and the beings in spirit mm -hmm. some of them animals some of them angels some of them fairies some of them who knows yeah uh, the, the the overlighting um energy of different plants and trees i mean who knows so it's great it's a and loving loving adventure to start opening up to 
the spirit world. It sounds like world. it, and I love your stance with that too, that you are saying hello and you're blessing and you're just opening to it. And you're not trying to like pin something down or prove it, or you're not trying to take the invisible and make it visible. You know, it's yeah. not going to be. No. Mostly. It's why it's invisible. <laughs> it's, it's what it means to There's be. It's mystery there. Right. It's mystery. It's yeah. the fun of the mystery. Yeah. And I like belonging to it. Yeah. And I like honoring it. And I like receiving help from it. Yeah. And I like uh, the joy of that sense of creating together. Mm, cool. Well, this has just been so rich. What a delightful uh, storytelling here, Mary. And I'm That's so excited because I'm going to go to my land uh, maybe tomorrow. Oh, and excellent. It's such a beautiful time of year to go there. And I'm just... Uh, I'm just feeling really happy that we talked about this. I know. Well, say hello to the land. I for will. Me. I will say. <laughs> I'd like you to. I send greetings from my friend Erin. You haven't met her yet. Yeah. Perhaps she will. She says she sends her love. Like that. That's great. Okay. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Mary, and thanks to everybody that's been listening today. This has been really enjoyable, really wonderful. You've been listening to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. You can find all of our podcasts on the website lifegetsbetternow.com. You are welcome to send us an email. You can send it to forgivenesstraining at gmail.com. And you can go on Facebook and find us there and like us and tell your friends about this podcast. If you know somebody that has an interest in the invisible or the spirit world. This is the place where we're going to talk about those things. Yeah, We're going to talk about, um, you know, meaty, universal, interesting <laughs> facets of our spiritual journey and um, incorporating that in our journey to have our lives get better. Yes, and know that there is a benevolent plot afoot. There's a benevolent <laughs> plot afoot, and the conspirators are everywhere. They are. And their mission is the complete destruction of your fear and the fulfillment of your purposes <gasps> and your delight with your life on earth. Perfect. Thanks to Daniel Zamsau, our sound engineer. I'm producer Aaron Warhol. You've been listening to the Life Gets Better Now podcast with Mary Hayes Greco. See you next time. You just kick that door.